Phil, is your TV on? I'm sorry, it is. Can um, you mute it? Fuck's sake, it's a professional organization. John, it's Run Good Life live breaks right now. I don't know why you're not watching it. It's a Dunruss Optum choice. Just, God, you got to get your priorities all fucked up. Listen, I'm watching fucking Jimmy Butler talk. Yeah. X-Sixer. You know what we 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 all wish we were watching right now? Some Baywatch. What's up, everybody? Another episode of Forfeit. Metal Matt here. We're one down. It's all good. Wild Bill, what's up? Big John Stud. What's going on? Big John Stud from Boston. (laughs) Oh, God. I wanted to text back so hard on that, but I was like, I'm such a mush. I was like, if I text back something, they're going to go on a 42 to 10. How are you holding up over there? How are you holding up? Uh, It's it's, it's been a rough week. Still stinging? Yeah, still staying. You Celtics, you Celtics. From Boston. From Boston. I will say I'm a little bummed that Jimmy, uh, not Jimmy, that Tatum got hurt in that first play because uh, I do yeah. like Tatum. And that was I mean, the, it happens. Injuries happen. Kiss, I get it. That was the but, kiss of death. I mean, that was legitimately like, all right, this kid's toughing through it because I, I mean, I, that looked like it hurt that ankle going, it was going down. So that kind of sucked that it wasn't. But it happened. I mean, you know, you, you got to deal with it. You know, bad calls, injuries. Good drugs at halftime. Yeah. More condolences to you, Boston Johnny. Your team didn't make it, but your other team, the Miami Heat, because you are, you do like <laughs> you do like a little heat. You're south. You're a South Beach guy. South Beach Johnny. <laughs> south Beach. South Beach Johnny. <laughs> he put away his. He put away his. Uh, his his leprechaun green and put on his suntan. <laughs> put on his suntan lotion. He's heading down to South Beach, baby. But uh, yeah, I mean Baywatch. Wow, what a great show. We were just talking about it. Very we almost didn't record. We almost uh, didn't record. We thought we were like, just, let's fuck it. Let's just let's just wait another month and just go watch Baywatch. The fact that it's on a channel just like it plays over and over again. I mean twenty four hours a day, it's, Baywatch. It's like red zone of Baywatch. It's great. Yeah, you just mentioned I could pull off David Hasselhoff for Halloween. I don't know I don't know about Baywatch, David Hasselhoff, but I, I would I would entertain the night rider. Oh, okay. Get up for David Hasselhoff, but I need that. I I need that car though. Well, the kit mobile. Yeah, it's fucking sick. Kevin so had sick. one of those. Kevin had that. Well, LED lights. Find well, it. He, he didn't have the LED Plus. lights, but he had a black Trans Am. He Pretty did. similar to that. Until he until he wiped out on Park Drive. <laughs> oh my God, we were all in that. That was insane. Then you drove him on the busted rim. Our buddy, John, we loaded like eight of us in this Trans Am that sat like three people comfortably. Yeah, in old school Trans Am, we had two in the front and then three in the back. And was it Chuck sitting in the back hump? I think it was Chuck. Yeah. In the hump. We hit a storm drain, like one of those storm drains on the curb because he took a turn, a left hand or right hand turn way too, right, way too fast. And it was too sharp. Intentionally, but he he mistimed it. But he hit the giant iron storm drain <laughs> on the curb, blew his back tire out or his front tire. Front, one front of them. tire. Front. And there was a creek, and we are the the car almost like hopped the 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 storm drain and into the creek. Jesus. On the other side. And you all would have been dead. It we, well, it was insane because like Chuck was sitting on that like hump he used to have in the back seat between the things. Yeah. And I was sitting front seat. And it was Matt, and I forget, I think it was Dave in the other spot, I think. And it was back in the day when you didn't care if you got hurt or the damage. It was, oh, shit, I wasn't supposed to be driving the car at night. 
And yep. like it was forget calling the cops, forget seeing if you were all right. It yeah. was like just he drove from Park Ave and uh, Cross Keys and Snake Road back to Centennial, which isn't that far, but it's probably about a mile. And there was I'd say a mile car shooting out with the side no of tire, it just with rim. no tire, <laughs> it just fucking rim. <laughs> and we get to where we're going, and our buddy's dad came out. I think he was in his, I think he was in his tidy whities I don't know. I don't want to misquote that, but it was a big case sighting. And yeah. He, he was probably fired saw sparks up. coming in. Because in he heard into, us coming around the corner. The oh, this thing was loud as shit. And it was just, uh, those were the days. And, you know, now car, you know, now cars would have blown up. It would have been a fucking fire truck would have been out there. Yeah. No. Did, did they ever remake Knight Rider? Like, that's one of yeah, the ones. I think there was. I think they they, did. I did they? didn't watch it, but. No. I'll tell you what they, they just I, remade. I, I could be wrong. What they just, that white man can't jump just came out and. There's no way it? I'm watching. No, there's no way I'm watching that. No. Come on. Did you watch it? I haven't yet, no. And they remade, they did, well, they didn't remake Baywatch, but they came out with a, the Baywatch movie, which very entertaining, by the way, I will say. And the cast does make a cameo appearance. Very entertaining. Yeah, Knight Rider has not been remade. No. Nah. A lot of those, a lot of those '80s classics. Some have, but you know, I'm still waiting for the he for He Man to be uh, properly done. But I'll give it time. That's totally gonna no, be... no, no one has the balls to do it. Someone will. I mean, they're going to remake everything. They look. Then we just talked about Baywatch. They remade Baywatch into a movie. They re, they're going to remake yep. every single. Someone's got like a list of of all the old TV shows and movies, and they're they're just checking them off. Yeah, well, we're we're heavy loaded on basketball tonight. Um, ironically, you know, we just you know teased into it with the remake of White Man Can't Jump. I, I happened to watch the original White Man Can't Jump, oh. the nineteen ninety two flick, Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes. Just a just a classic. I feel like it's <laughs> been an underrated classic throughout the years, and it's. Um, it's finally getting its due. Yeah, love. I, I, I think so I, many I think good one liners to watch the new one. It looks so terrible. I don't. No, I, can't. I can't. I can't. I can't I watch won't. it. I, won't. I can't watch it. Not, Jack, no not a Jack Harlow fan. <laughs> no, maybe yeah. he's a talented actor. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not dissing the performances, but the clip or like the whatever I saw commercial I saw for it. It just looks so stupid and like not that. I could argue that's like one of those like top ten iconic movies, and it probably is in theory. Like basketball sense, sure. That's it's probably one of the top five greatest sports movies. That's going to be an episode for for I think we should have future. Just any any sport, but like what are the top five? I mean, I know we should, and we should break them down as to to why they are. Yeah, we should break them down. um, Obviously. As soon as but, as soon as uh, basketball's done, that should be the the first episode. In about three weeks, we can get to it. And uh, but I, yeah, I definitely um, I. But point of my rant was, there's certain movies that you just don't remake, and that 100 percent falls in the category. Like that movie was perfect in every sense of what it was set out to do. I get these money grabs and these reimagining of things, but that's just it's like remaking Jaws. It's like what are you doing? I'm not saying it's on Jaws level, but it's in the arena of Jaws, in my opinion. Like, it's just one of those that Wesley Snipes, I mean, 
It's it's I mean Sydney Dean. Sydney Dean, baby. Sydney Dean is one of the greatest characters in a movie. And then Billy Ho. Billy Ho. I oh, mean Billy Ho. I mean Rose, Rose, him, Rosie him Perez? Him then Michael Jordan come down here. I said, get the hell out of here. Mess around and fuck up my shot. You should go pro. <laughs> pro. I said, no. <laughs> hell no. Shit, my mess up. Fuck up his game and we can't have it, Billy Ho. I mean, seriously, how the hell are you going to make that movie? You know, I mean, yeah. and it's just, it's just sad. Like those kind of things. And I guess I don't know if these young, I can hear Jimmy. I can hear Jimmy. <laughs> no, it, 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 it's, it just, it's, it, it just, yeah. And you know, cause I, I heard some of like the themes of it and just whatever, without getting into it, it's just, it misses the mark. All it was, was a comedy mocking white dudes who can play ball good but the reality is is we play ball below the rim that's just where our game is it's the don't (laughs) it's the don't judge a book by its cover it's like the john stockton story like john stockton probably watched that movie and was like it's pretty much this is my life (laughs) you know but uh no i mean i don't know you know what i'll never say never right if if it's on one day and there's nothing else going on I might casually just watch it. I'm not going to sit down, make a, uh, make a, uh, a bowl of popcorn and dim the lights and, and put it on or, you know, better yet pay like five dollars to rent it or whatever, some stupid shit like that. But, you know, it's just to Bill's point, I think it was a movie that really general, it just didn't need to be remade. I, I think, I think it was such a cult classic that why it's like, it's not broke. So don't fix it. Nah, there's in my opinion. Know, yeah. No, nah, I mean, it's a money grab, but it's like any movie like that, you're, you're going to remake and then have it straight to Hulu. It's like not really even like a theatrical release. It's like, yeah, come on now. Seriously. Like, is that where we're really at with movie? And I think that's a whole other episode too. It's like, yeah, it's the death of Hollywood. It's like, what are we, well, the what, whole, are we putting, what are we putting out here now? Another basketball esque movie that w- was out in the theater. Um, and I surprisingly went very quickly to streaming platforms. And, and it, it's like, I told you guys earlier, it's free right now on prime is air. And I thought it was, I thought it was done. Well, I think anyone who is a Jordan fan of any sort knows his, you know, history, his upbringing and, as a fan of the shoe fan of Nike, I think you, you'll definitely get something out of it. It's, uh, it's cool. It's a good cast. Um, and I think it was, I think it was done tastefully. Nothing was, nothing was over, overdone, over dramatized that I could remember, you know, watching it, but, um, yeah, good, good flick. Something that like that, that's one that like, if, if it was on, you could just, just start watching it like semi-pro. Here's another great basketball movie comedy. It's just like semi-pro is on. doesn't matter if there's five minutes left or you catch it at the beginning of the movie. It's like, you're going to just, you're going to watch it. Do you um, think that Michael Jordan would watch air? Uh, I, I would think that he would have to at least watch some of it or at least read some and approve some of the script. Okay. You know, I'm not going to, give anything away, but you know, it's, you know, his, 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 I mean, someone plays his dad, someone plays his mom, someone plays him. You know, there are references of him throughout the entire thing. And I would like to hope that 
you know, judging on how he would in the past, he, he, he would read, you know, the local, uh, beat writers. He, he, he liked to know what those guys were saying about him from a week to week basis. And, uh, it, it added fuel to his fire during the seasons and stuff. I mean, he, I think he likes to keep his, his image, uh, the way he wants it to be portrayed, but he he's smart like that. He always has been. So, um, yeah, I think he, I would like to think that he did. And if okay. not, he put, he put that in people that he, he holds dear to his heart. I'll ask him on July 16th when I see him down here at the, uh, the, uh, fishing tournament. They have a fishing tournament down there. Yeah. Stop by and stops, stop and see catch 23. Ask a few questions for the pod. There Maybe you go. Maybe patch him in, or maybe just maybe we'll just come down and get on the boat and get a quick pod. Get a quick twenty-minute segment in with the with the goat. Could you with imagine, goat. guys? I need you down here in three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there in an hour and a half. <laughs> well, I think the best route would be Matt take the ferry in case he's already on the water. Just got to hijack the ferry. Just we're, just keep going, just, Matt. Just keep going. Just go. Just go. <laughs> Just ghost rides as the rav, like right into the marina. Yeah. <laughs> now that that you know, the, you know, it's in another segue. I mean, we've dropped about four future episodes because that leads us into the forfeit uh, fishing uh, episode, the charter episode, and we got to do. And so, it, it's are we going to sack up and go shark fishing? Could we I record on bring, a boat? I was going to say, Bill. I think you should bring the board, and we'll just we'll just pod on the charter. When you like, 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 like. You know, hooks in the water. We're headphones we're we're in. there. We're just headphones in. We're sitting there. <laughs> Bill's getting fucking seasick. Yeah, he forgets Chumman, the mute. Baby. He forgets the mute his mic. He forgets the mute his mic and fish on. You guys need me because we weren't catching shit on on uh who's back, who, was that was that Adam's bachelor party? Yeah, Captain, yeah. Captain yeah. Until, until we saw that horny yeah, until we saw the horny Hitler and I started doing what I needed to do. Oh my and then, God. then we caught some fish. It was that breakfast burrito or whatever you had. Yeah, that went, that went bye-bye. We weren't, we weren't <laughs> catching shit, and it, it's spoken like a true captain of a charter boat. Oh, you know, we, 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 were, we, couldn't, we could not catch anything the other day. It's like, oh, of course, the other day. Okay. Yeah. Thank okay. you, thank you. Yeah. Well, here's they the were question. All over this, they were all over here on the radar uh, last week. It's like, oh, okay. Thanks, Captain Ron. Now, yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, when you go shark fishing on charters, do you kill the shark or you release it back? No, you release no. it. Yeah. I mean, and I even talked to I even talked to Captain Mike beforehand. I said, you know, if we get a shark, what do you what do you want to do with it? He said, Oh, we'll release it. Well, you know, he goes, We'll we'll bring it up. He said, you know, we'll we'll bring it on. We'll even temporarily bring it on board for you to like you know, kneel next to it, get a picture with it, and then that's great. What about you know, loses it. a couple fingers because it's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> There's blood everywhere. It was a terrible idea. The shark trip. It was a terrible idea, Adam. <laughs> why did you make us do this? Oh my god! This is terrible. Shout out, this is... shout out to all of our friends who we mentioned: Chuck, Dave, Adam, Kevin, TJ. Was you're TJ out there? there somewhere? But yeah, I feel like oh, TJ yeah. was there. Yeah. TJ, yeah, he was. Yeah, because he was. He uh, he was the uh, he he started. He did the ceremony. He was a big that's part right. of the wedding. Yeah, yeah no, that's right. Because we all rode down there together. You guys all looked at me like I had a third ear growing out of my neck when I ate that raw bonita with the captain. 
Oh, delicious. That is is the close, that is like sushi grade fish right there. Right out of the, right out of the water. (laughs) Don't get no better than that. Oh man. Well, Hey, let's, let's keep on it, man. We're heavy. Like I said, we're heavy basketball this episode. We got, um, you know, the unfortunate, (laughs) uh, uh, ending of the Sixer season to kind of just get through. Uh, we'll touch on some NBA finals now that the finals are upon us. Um, I got a question for you guys at the end of our basketball segment before we go into a little early Eagles OTA talk. Who's looking good? Who's not? Who hasn't shown up? Who wants? Who wants to get paid? Who wants more money? What, you know all the the it, you know the rumors swirling around the the early OTA talk. So. <clears throat> Fellas, 40 years ago today, on this date, in 1983, our Philadelphia 76ers won the NBA championship in 1983, defeating the LA Lakers. Doc's won an only title with us. Moses, it was the faux, faux, faux. It was sheer dominance on the, on, on the part of the Sixers that year. And since then, we have yet to get back to that mountaintop 2001 got close. Oh, and by the way, that, uh, that what have you of a documentary that I'll watch, but it'll probably just infuriate me even more. Um, (laughs) everything, but the chip it's called. I mean, that's that in itself is like, okay, like, like we're going to sit there and celebrate a team that almost won a title, but like I digress 2001, we overachieved. We got close. We made a good run at it. Uh, the Lakers, in in sheer irony, uh, they're the ones that smacked us around that year. Um, <clears throat> Shaq and Kobe and their dominance. Uh, but then since then, it's been one tanking season over the other, you know, scraping the other draft picks that, you know, somehow magically just, you know, falter and fail. Um you know, we end up getting guys that I don't know, forget how to shoot a basketball, um, decide to decide not to decide that they don't want to just play basketball, but yet still get paid millions of dollars, all kinds of, you know, really good things, uh, good nuggets of disappointment and, and misery throughout the, throughout the, the, the quest for, uh, another NBA championship here in, in the city of brotherly love. And, uh, you know, they, they uh they didn't disappoint us in their um in their failures again this year and again an, uh, another second round out uh i think we all called it before the season started on this podcast that this was the year that doc had to get it done or else he'd be hitting hitting the road and uh once again forfeit podcast was right doc rivers fired Almost immediately after, he probably didn't even step off the bus on the way back from Boston, and the guy lost his job. And, you know, they also didn't, as fast as they fired Doc Rivers, they they hired a new coach. So, I don't know, guys, do you think... (laughs) Do you think they they knew going into the playoffs the way that the lock the the vibe in the locker room? Because because we all we all saw we all knew like there was just Joel just didn't look like he wanted to be there half the time. James 
you know, he would, he would be hot for like a game and then he would disappear for three, four games. It, it just felt like it just looked like doc had lost the locker room. So I think the Nick nurse thing, I, I think they want, they knew they needed a new guy. I think they just, uh, I was a little shocked that it, 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 it didn't take longer, you know, that it was, it happened as quickly as it did. But, um, it also, to me seemed like a good sign. Like, Hey, we're not messing around. We know who we need. We know the type of pedigree of coach that, you know, a guy who understands the new NBA. I think that was the thing as much as I, as much as I did love doc rivers, I respect the man. He's very well respected in the, in, in the NBA players love him, but you know, you, you know how it is in your careers when you see a, a person who is well-respected, but they just, they just start to, they just start to age out of their, of their career and of their skill set. Um, you know, they're the, the industry kind of, kind of just, you know, leaves them, leaves them behind. You know what I mean? They're just kind of stuck in their, in their, in their, in their old ways. And they're just, it's either they don't want to evolve. They don't want to change with the times, uh, or they, they don't even realize they, they need to change and they're just, they just date, they date themselves out of, of existence. And I think that that's kind of what happened with doc. Uh, and it's just unfortunate that it, uh, it, it, it bit the Sixers in the ass a little bit, but you know, I think, I think Nick nurse was, was on, he was definitely on my short list of, of coaches that I, I definitely wanted to give it a shot. Uh, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have minded Sam Cassell, I wouldn't have minded uh Bullenhoser or however you say his name. Uh, you know, these are guys that are proven they're they're champions within the last decade, which is a good sign because you know, if you could win in this league at the highest level and get a championship in this new in this new era of NBA, I mean, I I don't see how we can't give them a shot and see what they can do. Now, with that said, you know, th- there's still the same old bag of issues, right? Joel, he gonna do, he's gonna do Joel, right? I think once he won MVP, it was like season's over, and it, it, you know, for him, it was like I accomplished what I what I wanted to do the past three, four seasons, and I think he was probably a little bit checked out. James Harden, that's one big question mark, man. Does he stay here? Do we give him max money or does he realize, Hey, let me try to run it back with a, with a Nick nurse at the helm. See if we can make it work because you know he's only got so many more years playing at the level that he can play at. Uh, so that's going to be very interesting. I, I would love to hear your guys take on that. And also what do we do with our bench? I mean, like, Daryl Morey, what, what, what are you going to do? I mean, you look at the the teams that are making deep runs in the playoffs and in the NBA finals, um, you know, look at uh, a Kayla Martin for the heat, what he's doing a Max Struess, right? From the G league. Uh, you, you got, they pay him a lot of money, but you know, Duncan Robinson, right. Comes off the bench. The guy's, pretty much automatic whenever they need like three threes in a row, the guy just delivers and, and completely turns the momentum around. It's, it's where, 
Daryl, where are you going to find us, our Max Struess, our Caleb Martin? Because we all know that's been, that's been lacking. Uh, Joel and, and James, they're talented. They're, they're stars. I wouldn't call them, I don't know. Some people call them superstars. I don't even know who, who you would call a superstar nowadays, but there are guys, right? But our guys need help. So who's going to, who's it going to be for Concord Masses and getting it done. <laughs> so I don't know, guys, I'm gonna, I'll open up the floor. Ooh, well, I think there's a lot of, a lot of that, a lot of onion ton peel there. Eh, I, I just, I knew it was going to be a lot and I just had to get it out and it was, it was rough. It was kind of a mess, but you know, we're, th- we're in th- we're we're in basketball therapy right now. <laughs> Let me lay on the couch real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think to for starters for me, one of the one of the things that I've realized more and more watching really any sport, any professional sport, is that there's always a scapegoat after the season. They always point the finger at someone, and most of the time, it's the head coach. It all points to the head coach, right? Unless you're talking about the NFL, a lot of times it's the quarterback and so on and so forth, but. I, I think that I don't think Doc Rivers is a bad coach. I agree with you. Um, I, I feel as though the problems on this team, when you when you look at the team as a whole, it's the same issue every year. Whether you have whether you take Joel and James and re, and put them and put LeBron James and somebody else in there or Giannis and somebody else in there, it's 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 really this the same issue with this team. And it comes down to you're going to win and lose um, based on Joel's performance. If Joel is dominant and can play the best basketball he can play, he's a, he's a game changer. Um, he just consistently can't do that. Um, we've talked about this at nauseum through the Ben Simmons era and how he couldn't shoot. And we said that if he's not going to shoot, get him out of here. It's a waste. It happened for years and years and years. They get rid of him. They put another peg in the hole you try to fill that position and they end up really, you know, with, with less water in the bucket, you know, obviously trading Ben Simmons, to get James Harden worked out. I mean, in the long run, I don't know what else you could have got from other than we've discussed, you know, the, the Indiana Pacers had Sabonis and Halliburton and some other guys that we might've liked better, but looking back, you got Ben Simmons or James Harden. You look on paper, you go Joel Embiid, James Harden and a cast of, Maxi and Harris, you think, wow, on paper, this is a great team. The one thing I think we talked about early on with James Harden, I was a proponent of this because I, I thought James Harden was the missing piece, was which James Harden were you going to get? And if you can get the focused uh, superstar that was recently overweight and came out of shape, according to sources, to, to the Nets and, and or the Rockets, excuse me, to get out of the Rockets, and then go to the Nets and then the make his way out of the Nets to come to the Sixers. There's a, there's a perpetual behavior there that I think that me, I, I kind of like, I, I didn't see through the smoke. Um, so uh, me looking, looking back, like I was totally wrong about James Harden. I thought we were going to get a different James Harden. So you look at the combination of those two guys and you hear that, you know, Doc leaves, Doc gets fired, and they wanted to make sure they wanted to make James James happy. Joel is now in the interview process with Nick Nurse because 
him and Nick Nurse uh, had some had some words before. Um, so it, it again, I think we're kind of placating to the players here, and I think the players are the problem. So for me, whether it's Nick Nurse or Phil Jackson comes back or uh, Red Auerbach, it really isn't going to matter until your two superstars, your main superstars, and at this point, I'm considering Joel and James together as those superstars until they're going to play to their potential. This team doesn't. It doesn't matter who the coach is. You, Bill, could coach, and it's it's not going to it's not going to move the needle. As far as bench players are adding pieces of this team, I mean, at the, at this point, I don't know what more you can do other than trade Tobias Harris and hope that you can fill in with a with other nuts and bolts that are lower priced players because you're going to end up giving Matt another max deal to. James Harden, I mean, that's obviously what they want to do. Um, but then again, you still have Joel Embiid, who, again, not the to my own horn, but on this podcast, I believe I said uh, three, four months ago that, <clears throat> mark my words, Joel Embiid will win the MVP, but the Sixers will not win the finals. You can either, you'll have one or the other. You're not going to have both. He ends up winning the MVP and not getting past uh, the Celtics. So uh, whether it's the coach um, I, I really don't care. I mean, Nick Nurse really doesn't, you know, uh, make me uh, make me excited. Um, I, I would have liked a Monty Williams type guy, to be honest with you. Um, I think I don't think he got a fair shake in, in Phoenix. Um, there wasn't I don't think there was a huge list of candidates here. Really, when you look at it, like Monty Williams, Budenholzer, uh, uh, Nick Nurse, um, a couple other assistant coaches. Um, but, but that was it. And again, like if you're gonna, if you're gonna kind of go out and get the top coach, great. But I felt like we kind of did that two years ago or three years ago when it was like, everyone had Brett Brown fatigue and they're like, we have to move in a different direction. So who are we going to go get? And rather than, I think that Bill had mentioned before, like, yeah, there's Monty Williams on the bench. We should promote him. We will get Doc Rivers who, you know, a seasoned veteran coach won a championship um, I didn't, I didn't see him as a bad coach. I, I also, I think that when you have players that he coaches that aren't giving maximum effort are aloof to your point, Matt, look like they don't want to be there. Um, who want to take trips three days before playoff games and, 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 and go party. That's a huge problem. And I don't know how a coach is going to fix that. I think it's an ownership problem. I think we've talked about that before. I think that it's a Daryl Morey problem. I don't think Daryl Morey is getting a, enough heat on this situation. Um, and I think I think Bill did a great job of breaking the news about Nick Nurse weeks ago, and kind of kind of um, you know building the puzzle pieces towards um, making the Nick Nurse sort of fit in the Daryl Morey world. Um, so kudos to him. But I, I I don't I'm kind of like. I don't have an answer anymore because it's the same thing, right? It's insanity. It's over and over again, expecting the same thing with a different result. And I don't know what coach, what person, what player is going to motivate Joel or what's going to make him be as dominant as he possibly can be. Or maybe it's the fact that he just can't. And maybe it's the time, in my opinion, which we talked about months ago too, is the time to kick the tires on getting him out of here and starting over. And I think if now's the time to do it, I think it is. Um, I think this team, this organization feels otherwise. They feel like they can compete. Um, 
and we'll see. But I, I'm kind of I'm 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 ready to blow it up. I'm, I'm I said at the end of the season, if if this doesn't is this doesn't pan out, blow it up. And instead, they're going to put band aids, and and I think they're just going to keep um, setting themselves for more failure. So I will stop my rant and I'll kick it over to Bill. So right before Bill, right before right before we kick it over to you, I just want to build off of three things that John just said. And then, and then, Bill, you can go. <clears throat> the floor is yours. Number one, you mentioned you were you expected a different James Harden than what we've got, right? Than what we got. And yep. you you expected a more focused, a more veteran, mature James Harden who can come in and be the big time player that we thought we were going to get. One hundred percent. Case in point, Game Six, May eleventh this year. We're up three to two. We've got the Boston Celtics on the ropes. We're in our home. We're on our floor, which is historically, you know, a, a very good thing for us. We play very good at home. James Harden, that was your time to shine and to show the city and the world that you still got it. What does he do in 43 minutes of, of play? He goes four for 16, 0 for six from three. And scores only 13 points. That's not going to get it done. That's not what superstars in this league do. That's not what killers do. That's not what champions do. Number two. I forget my second point. I'll go to the third point. (laughs) Was it two point? Not important right now. Yeah, it's not because now I'm just so pissed off talking about that. Like reliving game six. I, I completely blanked on my second point. My third point is forfeit podcast knows what the fuck they're talking about when it comes to NBA coaches, right? You just called, you just, you just, you just called out at least three to four things that we, we knew was going to happen and it happened. Yep. Bill floors yours. If I remember that second point, I'll bring it up, but yeah, I think the game six flashback just enraged me. Take it away, Bill. Yeah, I mean, I don't think things you guys were saying were that off. Um, I would push back on, I don't think Joel checked out after the MVP. I, I, I could, you know, I could get on board with saying he felt a sense of relief that he got it finally. And maybe, and maybe that's a, just another fancy way of saying he checked out potentially. Um, I have to say I'm proud of him for playing through that knee injury. I mean, he only missed one game and, you know, game two, he wasn't effective and we lost by a lot and we got embarrassed in Boston, but that was to be expected a little bit. Um, but I, I think James is an enigma and I think that's just how he's been his whole career. I mean, he won us two games this year in that series, legitimately game one and game four. So, um, you know, and that's what you want your second star to do. Um, I just don't think whether it's, I don't, again, it's not fair to blame doc, but I, I definitely question the lineups he does. I question his feel for the game. I question his in-game adjustment ability. And I, I question his overall strategy 
I mean, in that deciding game six, and I'm a very big Anthony Melton fan. He hit five monster threes in game one, but he's the definition of a streaky shooter. And when his first couple don't go in, when the game was tight in the fourth quarter and he takes four three-pointers and misses all four, like that's coaching to me. Like that's when you don't have, you know, that's an Eric Spolster now. Now they were forced a little bit because of injury with Tyler Hero. Um, but putting Duncan Robinson in, who basically was relegated to the bench all year because of his lack of defense. But I don't know. When I watch him play, I mean, again, I'm not going to question him, you know, with a, you know, mistake him for a Marcus Smart on defensive end. But he's long, he's athletic, and talk about the whole no fear. I mean, that kid takes monster shots with no, no hesitation. Like, he's like a younger version of Ballinelli. It's like you give him an inch, and he's just going to rip it. And, like, I think that's what the Sixers don't have is guys that know what the hell they're doing out there. Everybody just revolves around Joel because it's like, yes, he's the best player. But, like, look at Jimmy Butler. There's some games when he takes like three or four shots through like two, three quarters because he's just feeling the game out. And he's like, you know what? Gabe Vincent is, is hitting. Duncan Robinson is hitting. You know, Bam's on fire. Like, that's where Joel is disappointing in his lack of growth. That, yes, you're the man. But when you, whatever reason, can't figure out how Al Horford's guarding you, and again, that's a Doc Rivers thing to let Al Horford stifle. I mean, he was, I believe, I don't want to misquote it, but I believe in game seven, he was three for 16 when Al Horford was guarding him, was the stat I saw. Like, if that's not coaching and player awareness, I don't know what is. It's The game is all about feel and, and flow and, like, that's where my beef with Doc is, is that after game four and five, especially game five in Boston, and I know it's controversial and maybe it's maybe I'm wrong in saying this, Daniel House should have started over Tobias Harris. He had it in game five. Yeah, it was only 10 points, but he just got in Jason Tatum's like just way. He's long, athletic, got under his skin because he face guards you like up in your grill when you get the ball. And those are the things that, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to say Nick Nurse would do, and maybe that's the wrong move because, I mean, Toby is talented. But he's proven in five years here, that four years here, that he's not going to come up big in big games. So when you're playing the biggest game of the Sixers franchise since 2001, game six in Philly, I mean, that's all hands on deck. I don't want to hear, well, we got to worry about, like, no, this is, this is your Super Bowl right now, heading to the conference finals. Like, and the fact that, I mean, Toby played a little okay, but in that, for, in that game six, he was like one or two for something, was missing fast break layups left and right, like was having those dumb, ugly, like fouls over the back and reach, like, He's not, he shouldn't be in the game. I don't care what your salary is. And that's what I'm hoping Nick Nurse can do. Like, not worry about, oh, well, we pay Toby $38 million. He's got to be out there. If you're not the best player out there right now, you can be on the fucking bench. Like, and that's where my beef is. And, like, that's where I'm excited for Nick Nurse because, again, not that he said anything to this extent. But he's the kind of guy that if he feels there's a matchup to exploit, maybe he plays Paul Reed and Joel together out there. Like, he'll try things that make sense. 
where Doc is just the old school, that's my backup center. That's my second quarter shooting guard. That's my small forward when Toby, like, they figured you out, Doc. Everybody does in a series. Like, you got to push buttons. Um, so, you know, with my rant is that I'm glad Doc's gone. I don't blame him for the loss, but I blame him that he didn't push the right buttons to put this team in better positions. But I ultimately blame Joel over James because when you're the MVP in game seven on the road, um, you can't, you can't shoot. Like, I don't know if he was like four for something or five for 20. You can't do that. You just can't. And, and want to be considered great. So Joel just proved that he didn't take that step. Like he played good against Brooklyn. Great. But what happens? He gets hurt making a dumb play, trying to go above and beyond in game three of a series that you know you're going to win. And that's where it's just like, Joel use your head, dude. 38 minutes, <laughs> went 5 for 18, 0 for yeah. 4 from 3 yep. for 15 points. And a game seven for the biggest game of his career. Two blocks, two blocks, eight rebounds. That's 30%. I mean, that's, again, I get it. You have off nights. But, but not a game but, seven. Yeah, and game Sorry. seven, just like, but I wow. guess, but then James, what, what did James do? But James, in forty-one minutes, three for eleven. This is even worse than game six. One for five, nine points. So I just remembered my second point. Bill, help me remember it. It was Joel Embiid. John, you said we should kick the tires on him. I forget kicking the. I was kicking the tires last year. I'm I'm taking test drives. <laughs> I'm I'm test driving other players mm-hmm. now. Like Daryl Morey needs to figure this shit out. Uh, the the one thing that I do want to talk about because I think Bill brings up an interesting Bill has an interesting take on it. And I I know he's I don't want to say you're anti Doc Bill, but the one thing that I don't understand from a fan basketball perspective of 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 people is that how can you expect Doc Rivers or Nick Nurse or uh, Joe Mazzulla to get into the head or make someone like James Harden or Joel Embiid rebound when they need rebounding or tell them to, you know, if they're not hitting their shots to get to the hole and get to the lane. Or if you're not, if you're seven footer and I know that you like shooting threes, but maybe we're going to get you to a game. And then after that, dominate the paint. The, the thing that I don't understand is that it always goes back to, well, doc can't do this. If you have guys on the floor that aren't willing to play like a Marcus smart or a Jason Tatum, and I know I keep bringing up Boston Kaiser's Boston Johnny, but I'm like <laughs> if they're or, or like a Jimmy Butler, we talk about the dog, the mama mentality. Eric Spolster isn't saying like, "Hey Jimmy, go, you know, go go ham out there." That's just in Jimmy Butler's DNA. The the the, the beautiful thing about Miami, which I'm watching, as I think Matt brought it up earlier, is the guys like Struess. Robinson and Martin who are guys that basically they found off of, you know, the scrap heap and they were coached to, to, to be better. And, and the things that I'm not hearing from you, Bill is like, it's not that 
it, it's not so much Joel and James, but, but yeah, okay, Tobias, but like, where's Maxi? We haven't even talked about Maxi. He took a step down. You know, PJ Tucker, like, wh- what was his role that, what could he have done more? And is it, is it Doc? Doc is supposed to get them up for a game seven? Like, that's the part of me that I'm like, I'm not sure what coach is going to be able to shake somebody and say, no, this is how we're going to do it. And this is how we do, this is how we're doing it. Cause I watched the Joe Missoula's and I watched the, the Eric Spolsters this round of the playoffs and yeah, they do a, a, a pretty uh, amazing job of, of, of coaching up their players. You see the locker room speeches and the sideline speeches and everything. Great. But I think that the difference between those teams and this Sixers team is that they have killers. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are killers. Marcus Smart is a scrappy, like, in-your-face guy. Jimmy Butler, we, we've talked about nauseam with him. You know, Bam out of Bayou, like, just a, just, a scrappy, just a scrappy post guy, like, does the dirty work. We're, we're not talking about any of that on the Sixers. It's, it's the same thing with Joel, and it's the same thing with James. And it's like, James hasn't won anything. And is James hasn't won anything because of James? And it's this, is that the same thing with Joel? What coach is going to get that out of them? Because maybe inherently it's not the coach. Maybe inherently to what I'm talking about, what Matt's talking about kicking the tires is maybe get the problem ch- children out of here. And maybe you can use a Nick Nurse to maybe coach up a, a Maxi, coach up a Tobias or something. I, I just, I, the, the idea of the scapegoat thing that I brought up about Doc as much as I love Doc <clears throat> as a coach and as a player or whatever, I just think that, you know, yeah, he's, he's had a, he's had a rough time in, 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 um, with the Clippers, um, obviously he coached in Orlando and he, and he won in Boston, but he won in Boston with Rondo, Paul Pierce, uh, Garnett, Ray Allen, like Hall killers. of Fame players. But also like you're players. saying, John, like killers and, and Garnett, guys like, scrappy uh, dude. Yeah, all bought in. Like, yeah, I, I just don't see like a Joel like bought, buying in. It's like, oh, we have to we have to pander to Joel because we don't want to hurt his feelings, and we have to get rid of, you know, Jimmy Butler. We have to get rid of Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler didn't get along with Joel at first. So, and at the end, Jimmy Butler gets along with him, but he doesn't get along with Ben or Brett ben, Brown. So we got to get rid of him. It's like the whole, the problem here has been the same person the entire time. And yeah, the guy wins an MVP. Congratulations. We talk about MVPs all the time. But again, when you're starting to play and not play based on trying to percentages and try to pad your stats to get the get the votes, it's like, what's the point of even doing? You're hurting your team. I'd rather him not play. I would rather him not play after the All-Star break and be a fresh player during the playoffs. I'd rather that. Because then you don't have to hear excuse. Because the first thing we heard as soon as Joel got hurt and was out you know, this is a six week injury. Everyone started making excuses and it was like, here we go again. It was like deja vu over again. Who had the knee sprain on the bingo board? And I'm just sick and tired of it with this guy. It's injury after injury. And it's, it's those lackadaisical inconsistent play that all we keep doing is basically blaming coaches for it. And again, this is the third, this is going to be the third coach now. Like, at some point, you got to kind of like look in the mirror and say, no, it's the actual players. It's got nothing to do with the coaching. And that's just something I wanted to talk about because you were talking about Doc. 
Well, it's and it's interesting that you bring up your you know your take on uh, what I was hearing a lot was you know it's not the co- you could have you could have us coach the team it's it's yeah. the players so in if it's the player more so on the player side it's what kind of chemistry are they creating what kind of culture is in that locker room. So like I'm taking a look at the Denver Nuggets roster right now and granted they don't get a lot of love from the NBA, right? We 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 rare we barely saw the Nuggets play this year on national television. Yep. And and I, I mean I don't watch a ton of I I I don't think I watched as much basketball this year as I have in years past, but and I could be wrong, but I mean other than the playoffs, we didn't really see the Nuggets. And I'm looking at their roster and, you know, with the exception of Jokic, you've got, you've got just solid, a solid roster of, of really decent role players who can contribute who, and backed by a coach who implements a system for these players that, that lets them play to their strength, right? They're not, you're not telling Jamal Murray to do what Jokic can do, you know, and you're not telling Jokic to do what Aaron Gordon is good at. You're, 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 you're playing into everyone's strengths and everyone understands that. And everyone's, everyone's on, on board. And I think that's, that's partly some of the problem that's happening maybe not so much this year with the Sixers, but we've seen it in teams in the past, right? The Jimmy Butler year, it seemed like no one was willing to get in fall in line. And as a result, flash forward three, four seasons later, the guy we, we let go is now leading his team in an NBA finals. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I think it just karma's a bitch. <laughs> And we're getting a t- we're getting a big taste of it this year, watching Jimmy Butler take the heat to the finals. But I- I'm I'm just looking at this Nuggets team. If you look at these guys, there's nothing, there's no wow factor. Like not even Jokic really wows you, right? I mean, he does. He's a he's a phenomenal player, but he's there's no wow factor with this team. But yet they've been dominant all year. They're the best team in the league and they're the best team in the finals. And in my opinion, if you want to segue into our final segment, I think the heat, they're going to have to play some pretty perfect basketball. I mean, I mean, those guys that we mentioned, you know, the Caleb Martins, the Duncan Robinson, like they're going to need those dudes more now, more than ever to step up. Mm-hmm. And because I feel like this Denver Nuggets team is, is what we were saying earlier about the cast of white man can jump. They are when they step on the floor, they are the Billy Hoyle, you know, but until, until that ball is tipped off and then it's like, Holy shit. Like this team can play and, and they'll run up on you. They're big. They are fast and they just play sound team basketball. And it's, there's nothing more to say. I mean, they hit a ton of, they got guys that hit a, hit a ton of threes and they've got a leader 
like you're saying, John, there's no, he doesn't make ex- excuses. He he's he's a killer, and he yeah. does what he he does at whatever it takes to win the game, and and then he goes home, and there's no there's no bullshit, there's no drama, there's no you know spontaneous trips to Vegas three you know two nights before the next game. Yeah. It's the guy just comes, does his job, wins, and goes home. One hundred percent. But I know you. I know you want to rebut some of that stuff. Jimmy so. Butler's another. I do. One. I well, not like in, in like in entirety, but to an extent that I don't know if coaching in the NBA matters as much in the NFL. That could be debated, as okay. well as baseball, because baseball is also kind of a feel, you know. But basketball, I feel like. Once you get past game four and, and game five, especially in a, in a series, the teams know each other. And it's, I mean, they already do obviously before the series, most likely, but at that point they've seen everything. And then the kitchen sink in that series already. So game sixes and sevens. And that's why I strongly feel doc is a, with the exception of having three top 50 players of all time on his roster and Rondo with our, you know, with one of the best seasons of a point guard can have as his fourth player won a championship. Um, you take away that kind of talent and we clearly don't have that. And there's no doubt Boston was a more talented team. Like they should have won that series, but we had them on the ropes to where they had doubt because they weren't closing games out. And where I blame Doc in game six and game seven was once we took the lead in game six, he went back to the old Doc and put in the starters and let them close it. When the Niangs and the Paul Reeds and uh, – um, I, I shake played a little, played a little okay in that third quarter. When they got you the lead, leave them in the game. This is a closeout game. I don't care. Like, I don't want to hear, well, Tobias has been our guy. Tobias is, I, I would love to see Tobias' stats in that game six. If, if, if we could pull that up. Cause I can remember clearly he missed a fast break layup and got blocked on a dunk by like Marcus smart on another play. Tobias just did not have it. He played pretty good in game five. I get it. But that's where my beef is. 42 is. minutes, one for seven. Mm-hmm. Six rebounds, three assists, two points. Oh, for okay. one for three. So two 31 points. to 38 million. He was on that court when George and Yang hit a three to give us a four point lead in the third quarter. Now I understand it's one shot, but he was bringing energy and heat that game. And he was right back on the bench for Tobias to start the fourth quarter. And we went on that slow scoring thing. And I'm not blaming one play and I'm not George Niang. What I'm saying is, is we were flat that whole game. A couple guys, including Paul Reed gave us a spark and it's, well, nope, nope. Got to go back to the starting five. It's how we No, it's not doc. And I think, I think you're thinking game seven because game six, Paul Reed only played six minutes. Scored nothing. Um, one rebound. He didn't really do much. 
Uh, I guess I was just saying he's the only guys that we were playing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and, uh, and to your so point, Bill, like that, Melton, but, 24 but, minutes for Melton. Oh, for five. Like exactly, it's not working like, doc. It's, and what it, I, you know, and like, and he might be, and if we lose James Melton's going to be our starting two guard. And, and I'm fine with that. Like he was second in the NBA in steals for guards. And I think eight in blocks, like he's an all defensive player who can score, but he's streaky. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying it's 100% Doc's fault. I'm not saying it's 90, 80. I'm not, I can't put a percentage on it. But I feel strongly that he does not inspire this team. Yeah, he, you know, he yells and he's this and that. But it's clear he can't get through to them. And who knows if Nick Nurse is the guy, but I've just watched Doc for three years in a row. This was the first year we lost to a better team than us, but we lost to Atlanta. And I know we can say the Ben situation. 100%. Um, you know, it's always been drama, Bill. It's always it, been something else. It other is. Than and again, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. He Ben doesn't shoot three. And, and that's why I'm not saying that's why I'm saying it's, you know, I, it's not like, Oh, it's, He's a key factor in it because he wasn't able to push the right buttons. And I, you're right in saying that they can push buttons, but the players have to be the ones to react to the buttons pushed. So I, I truly do feel that Joel's horrible game seven was the reason we lost that series. Putting the first six games aside doesn't matter. Game seven was to win the series and Joel didn't show up. James didn't show up. And I think you're right in saying that running it back with them is just a, a fool's errand because we've seen this play out before, but the reality in our, our hell is there really aren't better options unless we just are bad again and hopefully get a top five pick and hit on it. And maybe that's what we have to do. And I, I also do think real quick, Bill, that if you're going to pander to James and get Doc out of here to suffice him to hope that he stays, then you have the wrong, you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. I like agree. I would have kept Doc and, and have him still with this core guys and said, okay, if James isn't happy with it, then we sign and trade James to somewhere else. And we're happy to get a few young players and recoup it, but not, not, um, not castrate the team because he he's having a pity party because it's, it's the same song and dance with him now that I thought that we were going to get a different, I thought he was going to buy in. I thought he's like, this is the end of my career. I'm playing with one of the best players I've ever played with in Joel Embiid. I'm, I'm, I'm with a hall of fame coach. I'm going to shape up and, and buy in instead. It's no, I, I'm going to grab the, this organization by the balls now and play power struggle to try to get the most money I can and play games. And that's not, that's not what like a guy who cares about winning does. You know what I mean? We just saw that with Jalen hurts. Like, you know, that's a bad example, but you know, the guy doesn't give a shit about money. He wants to win. And that like, I haven't heard anything about a Joel and B contract and he signed a, a max deal years ago. He's ready to get, he probably can get more money now after winning an MVP, but you don't hear that from James. And James is like, no, I got to sign the contract. Like I, you, you don't tell me 
you want to win if you're going to go to Vegas for three days. And for as much as anyone's ever going to say that that didn't matter, it didn't matter because Doc covered it up for him. But in the locker room, it came out that he well, he was pissed off that he did that, and it wasn't a good look. And that's probably part of the reason why fucking James doesn't want him here because he doesn't want to be a babysat. James wants to go to Vegas when he wants to go to Vegas. And I think that seems insignificant, but like, that's the bullshit that like, that's the drama and shit that like, I don't want on my, any of my sports teams. I don't want it. I don't want it. If you want to go to Vegas, we'll ship you to Vegas and you can play for the aces or a team closer to Vegas. Like, I don't want you here. If you're going to do that shit, it's stupid. It's dumb. Like, especially during the playoffs, you do it during a regular season. I'm kind of okay with it, but during the playoffs, like, it, it, it's it like something's not computing like and, and it's shame on this organization shame on Daryl Morey I agree with Howard Eskin get Daryl Morey out of here get get it get, get the guy from the Warriors we talked about get something somebody to build something around here because it's the same thing over and over again you're going to point the finger next year at Nick Nurse if James Harden or Joel Embiid stinks and then what at that point Joel Embiid's value is going to be down James is going to bitch and moan and try to get out and it's going to be the same thing. Let's cut bait. Let's try. It. Let's 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 rebuild like Howie Roseman would do it, and start from the bottom and 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 do what we can. Make a trade, kick tires, do what you need to do. Is the hiring of Nick Nurse the first sign of the Sixers losing faith and trust in Joel Embiid being the foundation of this team, knowing they had beef? And there could be potential chemistry problems. Is this the the man, upper management saying, you know what? We don't really know if this is going to work with you, Joel. So we have to start thinking beyond you. You know, because if they really thought that Joel was still the guy, and they're gonna, they're and they're they're you know. Pattering or you know, patting, patting, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like they would, they wouldn't have gone gone with Nick Nurse, a guy who he's clearly been, you know, in in verbal feuds with and beef with in the past. But or was that just all competitive, you know, banter and and it was made out to be something more than it really wasn't, but. I just I just thought of that now as we were talking. Like, is this the first sign of the Sixers being like, you know what? I think it's time we start to think, you know, beyond Joel Embiid here, and maybe Nick Nurse is the guy that can bring in, you know, and and scout young talent in in the drafts, and maybe we start making changes. Maybe we are maybe we are kicking those tires on Joel Embiid behind the scenes, and we just don't know it yet. I think to Bill's point, a couple. I think it was last week when we were on the on the course that, you know, the Nick Nurse Daryl Morey connection is what this is about. Mm-hmm. That's it. So at this point, you're basically the general manager is running the show. He's saying, "Pick my guy. I know this guy. I feel comfortable with this guy." Yet that's this is the second time now we're going based off his decision, right? With with Doc, it was the same thing, right? So. He didn't pick Doc. Doc was hired before him. Okay. Uh, and I'm not doing that interface. I'm just saying there. I mean, I remember after year one with the Ben thing, supposedly there was internal tension between Doc and Daryl that like Daryl made. But it the clear, Nick like, nurse hire guy, but the Nick nurse hire might also be Daryl being like, Hey, 
I got you, James. I'll get rid of Doc, and I'll bring in I'll bring in Nick Nurse. You know, consider but, it. But again, okay, so so Doc's here. Daryl gets hired. Daryl and Maury, Daryl and Doc try to play play nice. They go out and they 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 work together in the draft. They they cultivate this team. They make the trade for Ben after Ben acts like Ben, and they bring James in here. Doc's got to be okay with that. Daryl's got to be okay with that, right? And and then you basically like I think the 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 precipice of this whole thing. I mean, now, especially with Jimmy Butler is the Jimmy Butler situation. When Jimmy Butler, I think Marcus Hayes wrote an article in the Enquirer this week about how, when they, when they made the decision to get rid of Jimmy Butler or move on from Jimmy Butler, <clears throat> when Jimmy Butler first came to the Sixers, him and Joel did not get along, did not get along at the end of Jimmy Butler's career at Sixers, Jimmy Butler and Joel got along. It worked somehow. But they chose, they, they, they saw the future in Ben and decided Jimmy Butler, sorry, it's not going to work. And, and that to me is like, obviously it was a wrong decision. But again, like, is that Doc's fault? Is that Daryl's fault? It's Daryl's fault. He's in charge of the, like we sit here every time and talk about the general manager. The guy should get more heat. He, he, he doesn't and, and he should. And, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know why we don't go after another general manager. Why does he get to stay? Um, you know, again, I think you're just plugging holes with different coaches. And again, what's Nick nurse going to bring? Like, okay, he, he won with Kawhi and, and we can all sit here and argue about that, that finals and Durant being hurt and that they were, the warriors are banged up. And they end up winning. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just another one of those what ifs. What if that ball didn't bounce in the hoop? Yeah. You know, if that ball took two bounces the other way. I think that was our year. I think that was our year for the whatever you want to call it, the process, whatever, whatever, whatever name you want to put on it. Year, Matt. I think I think Joe yeah, in the I think, would have been yeah, but I think th- that year we had a bench, we had, you know, Butler was focused. I think Joel was was locked in with Jimmy. Uh, ben still cared about basketball a little bit. I I think that was our year. I think that was our year, personally, and it's just been. It's just been trying to trying to make up for for all all the mistakes since then. And I think you're right, John. Like if what are we going to do? I mean, I think Bill said it like if if. If we blow, I mean. This is our only this is our only option. Well, let's just real quick. Let's play the what if game. If what if James Harden says, no, fuck you guys, I'm going to Houston. Then what are you going to do? You're Daryl Morey. What are you going to do? You're going to side Fred Van Vliet. I don't know. I mean, then you just Daryl Morey needs to do what, you know, everyone says he's great at doing. I, I don't I don't see it right. Like right now, like he's made the trade for James. I think that was a. That was a I mean, right I mean, in Daryl Morey's defense, and I'm not saying that he's 
he shouldn't be taking more heat here, but in Daryl Morey's defense, he drafted Tyrese Maxey, which has been proven. He's proven to be a very there. There's, there's tremendous potential there. We've seen it with the proper coaching. I'm going to say, and the proper, the, the, the proper player development, which I feel like he's starting. He's been starting to get, uh, I, there's, he's, he's a player, right? Jaden Springer seems like he could be a piece again, with the proper player development and coaching behind him. It seems like there's potential there. So why don't we just, why can't the Sixers be that next squad that kind of flips the script almost like a, like a, like the way Memphis was or like how we're seeing like, OKC kind of coming around being like a bunch of young kids. They're, they're hungry. I mean, why are we hanging on to these semi old, like old superstars, you know, kind of like over the hill? Cause like not for nothing, like, you know, there's a lot of chatter still that James Harden is he's over the hill. And you know, I mean, it, he shows flashes of 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 old James Harden, but and then we all know that we're on borrowed time with Joel, and you know we keep talking about the window of time of like he just won the MVP, most valuable player value. There's still value there. Why don't we just realize, hey, it's been eight nine years with this guy. It's it's probably not going to work third, third coach. It's probably not going to work. Like let's, let's cut bait and get what we can for this guy and build around a young core of players. Now for the fans, for us, that means that, you know, unless we go on some epic crazy run that no one, no one sees coming. Like it's, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer, but at least we try to do it the right way this time, right? Bill, are you against trading Joel Embiid? Yes. Only because I have no confidence that we're going to get anything even close to the value back. I think we just have to ride or die with him and... Um, continue to try to get ancillary pieces. I think the Tobias contract is crippling this team because we could have three veteran guys with that money that could be bench guys. Um, I'm not, a, I guess it's not, it's, I'm going back on my answer. I don't think there's any star we could get. And I guess trading Joel just means it's over because you're going to have to trade him for draft picks basically. Do you think, then let me ask you this, do you think that the organization feels that way? Like they don't want to, they don't want to be wrong about that. And by doing that admits it. Yeah. I think there's a bit of Josh Harris saying, this is my guy. We drafted him, you know, he, he can win a ring for us. Um, and I think, I think Daryl Morey doesn't really want him. Daryl Morey's style of play, space and pace, has no need for a center. I mean, he had Clint Capella, Dwight Howard. You know, he has rim runners like guys like a Robert Williams is what he wants. 
defend your ass off, and then when you're on a, on a pick and roll, just run to the rim. And I think that's what like James Harden wants. I, I, and honestly, I, I think that's what Tyrese Maxey needs because he's such a dynamic player with the ball in his hands. He can't be him with Joel putting his fat ass in the middle. Like He needs the rim to be open to get to. And if they close him down, having a guy crashing the rim on the other side, the lob it to for a dunk. Yeah. Yep. So I think, I think the answer to your question is 100%. I think Daryl Morey probably tries to back channel things, but that's a slippery slope because if that gets out to Joel and his people, now you got a whole fucking shit show on your hands. But I think in Daryl Morey's perfect world, Joel's gone and James is here with a couple more pieces with Tyrese and whoever, and Toby's definitely off this table. Like he wants Toby gone. But again, that's, you know, the league, the NBA, what, what's been created by the owners is when you guarantee this money, it's, it's, you know, now Tobias has a little bit of attraction, but the problem is, is we can't trade him with draft picks because we don't have any until 2029. We gave him <laughs> all the way for James. Nice. And then we lost two picks for PJ tampering. They were second rounders, but they have value in trade pieces like their trade chips. I mean, Joe Kitts was a second round pick. I mean, their Draymond Green was a second round pick. I mean, there's value in the second round if you're a good team and you ought to find it. Um, but I think, I think that we're just, and it's just maybe, I think it's the basketball God saying you made your bed sleep in it. It's we're in the proverbial rock and hard place. Cause we won't be able to like, that's why the Knicks deal died is we're going to get the number 11 pick for Joel and RJ Barrett. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like they would burn the city down for that. Like, and that's the level of like, there's no contender. I mean, what are you going to train up for Zach Levine? You know who I like, but again, you know, it's, he's not a star. He's a good player. No, I think it's, I think it's, if we go the trade Joel Embiid route, it's what you, what you just said, Bill, it's like, get what we can for him. We're probably going to get fleece, but yeah, the hope is we have someone in there in here that can find the value in the second round. But the reality is in the NBA, it's veterans and MVPs usually win, but we have an MVP who doesn't win. Now, to Joel's defense, I mean, granted he's older than Joker. Joker, up until this year, he was a dud in the playoffs too. I mean, that was yep. his bugaboo. That yeah, great, he's MVP, but he got swept that one in there. And they were like, oh yep. well, he didn't have Jamal Murray. Well, yep. if you had, if you're an MVP, you should lift your other teammates up. So, I do think the Joel bashing, it's warranted. But the the world we live in, the media we live with has such a short memory and they just sculpt every narrative to their point. You know, it's just like, I mean, it, it's, I mean, like the injuries you know, though, Bill, I mean, that, that's we're just, that's no, like, and, and I'm and not just, saying there's not validity to it, but like I said, Joker, you know, Joel's never been swept in the playoffs, you know, again, not that that's like a huge accomplishment, but like, you know, the Joker was swept and it was instantly, oh, well, you know, he, he, he didn't have Jamal Murray. All right, well, how about when they blew a 3-1 three, three lead against the Mavs with everybody there? That, that doesn't get talked about against mm-hmm. the Nuggets. So it's like, you know, we could pick on Joel because it's six straight seasons of second-round losses, which is just brutal, brutal. But Murray's right in one sense, and I mean, I'm not, like, patting him on the back, that there are 23, 24 other teams that would kill to be a second round team every year. 
You know what I mean? That's still a top eight team. And again, as fans that live with it, we're frustrated. That's but it. I think it's the fatigue factor. We're 100%, just, yeah, 100%. we're just fatigued. And, and you're right, Bill, there's 23 other teams that would love to be. And there's only one team that gets it right every year. I mean, yeah. just only one. And it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see who gets it right this year. I think, nah, I think, I so. think, I think the heat in order for them to have a chance, they're going to need to take one of these first two games. I think they in, will, in but Denver. I still, I, I, I think this is over in five max. I think the nuggets are on a whole nother level. I think the heat not winning that series against Boston in four or five and having to go seven deep and just get the shit beat out of them for seven games or the nuggets had a week off. And yeah, Joker they did not. They didn't come out unscathed. They're a no. little dinged. And yeah. and you know, I mean, they do get Tyler Hero back game three. He's a big addition. I mean, that kid got kids as buckets. They don't play defense, but he's buckets. Um, I think uh, the Nuggets away from Joker and Jamal Murray are one of the best teams in the NBA by far. With Caldwell Pope, Michael Porter, um, Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon yep. was like a top five, seven pick for the Magic for a lot of years. Like this Denver team is stacked. And then you got They're, Brown off the bench, which is their Marcus Smart. Any night he's twenty, but he's Prairie. You know, he's he's Prairie Dog. And anybody on defense, like who's your best player? Okay, Bruce Brown's going to guard him. Like he's going to be on Jimmy Brown up in his shit. I mean, Jimmy Brown, Jimmy Butler up in his shit. Um, you know, and then you got like guys like Jeff Green, who's a champion with the cat. Like this 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 Nuggets team is built the right yep. way. And I feel like we're we're like literally the shitty version of the Nuggets, <laughs> like everything, <laughs> like Joker's. No, we're, we're the East Coast Clippers, is yeah, what we are. I mean, people have been saying. I mean, Joker to Joel, Joker's a monster. Jamal Murray to James Harden, Jamal Murray, Caldwell Pope to PJ Tucker or or Toby Caldwell Pope, um, Michael Porter to Toby. Like every like we're built the same way, but our guys are just not as good. So I, and I think again we we can get to and it's been a little long episode. With, we're the knockoff. We're the knockoff uh, 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 version of the of, of the, the nuggets. nuggets. Yep, and you know Mike Malone, you know the kind of guy that calls his team out in the media. You know, like it. You know, likes to talk shit. Where Doc always gives to you know Doc. I get it. He's a veteran. He's been the PC. He's the uh, you know says the right thing. Sometimes you got to call out Joel and, you know, be like, Hey, if you can't handle it and you can't handle it, man, like you want to be great and you want to be this, like, and, I'm and not that's where that. you get, that's where you cut him, John, you, you, you asked the question, how does a coach get to Joel Embiid or, or, or make Joe get through and, and make James Harden listen, you, you hit him where it, where it hurts him almost the worst. The worst would be their wallet. The second is their ego and their image. And you call them out to the media and, and, and punk them. And it, it, it wakes them up. It it, it does want, yeah. Well, you kind of need them out there on the floor because they are, they are talented as, and especially if they're, if they're throwing heat, you know, uh, but like, yeah, I mean, you just you hit them where it where it hurts, you know. And they do one of two things: if they're a true professional, that they'll take it as constructive criticism. Um, they'll 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 do the right thing with it. Uh, but 
it's just, yeah, I, I, this, the, the only way I can think of is real quick. I know we're running like way over. I wanted to ask you this question because I feel everything that we've been kind of talking about here kind of swirls around this topic. And, and, um, uh, I, I'm just interested to, to get your thoughts in today's NBA. It's such player driven. All right. And with the, with the, the, the turn, the high, such a high turnover in coaching and what you were saying, John, like, you know, you put any coach on, on that, on that sideline for the Sixers, is it really going to make a difference? Should the NBA consider bringing the player coach option to the league? That's a great question. Um, Cause you look at, you look at superstars like LeBron who picked his coach, picked, picked his coaches. You, you look at Harden looking like he, he had some weight in, in getting doc out the door. You know, all these players have so much pull now. Like, why don't you just say, fuck it? You I, guys, you guys think you can do it? Hey, you guys collectively as a team, pick your pick, pick what guy you want as the coach on the sidelines every, every game. I don't think that the, the current NBA player has the maturity level to deal with listening to a LeBron, listening to a name a player. Um, I don't, I don't think they, I don't think they could do that. I think that the current NBA player, um, unless it's a Steve Kerr or a Popovich type coach, um, they're, uh, they don't care. They're trying to just get paid. Um, there's been numerous players that have come out and said that there are a lot of players in this league that shouldn't even be in this league. They're not good, um, but they're just buying their time to get their paycheck. Um, and I think that that's the primary goal for a large amount of players in this league. And that's unfortunate. I think that's the NBA's problem. So to answer your question, I think it's a great idea. I think like that would be something fun for summer league um, or I don't think I don't know if G League could do it, but maybe G League because you know they're younger guys too. But I don't know if they have the superstars that to do it. But I think it's a great question, to be honest with you. And, and I think I think like a LeBron maybe because people have their respect of him. But past LeBron, I'm not really sure. Like I don't know if a Giannis, KD. Yeah, I don't. I don't think if KD. You know, who's the next? Who's the next player? Like Steph, right. like Steph Curry, yeah. I don't, I don't know, not with like Draymond, right? He's a little hot-headed, you know. Mm-hmm. Chris is Paul John, is John Morant gonna coach the team? Like I don't think so. Um, interesting thought, though. Yeah, that's yeah. all. I, I I just I was like, you know these these players think that they can, you know, they have all the answers at uh, more often than not, you know. Um, so I don't know, just. Did we lose Bill? Is he frozen? No, I just, oh, uh, I thought he was frozen. No, I'm here. Bill, stupid question. Yes, would it work? Interesting. Like, what do you think? I mean, it's it's interesting. It's not like an uninteresting question, but I, I, I don't think, especially now with like the level of stars on teams and the fact that teams have such a high turnover, I think coaching has now just become required. Um, uh, um, the player coach, I think, 
if there wasn't if there were teams that actually were teams and guys not making yeah, I I I want John. I just don't think he could work in today's NBA. But it's but it definitely is an interesting question. I would say that's 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 true. That it's fun to discuss. But I think that ship sailed. Yeah, with how these players are just catered to, it would just it would just be too hard. The Jackie Moons of the world just <laughs> wouldn't work it today. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. we we will shelf the OTAs. We've there's plenty of football talk in our future. So. For myself, Metal Matt, Wild Bill, Big John Stud, everyone be good. 1098, go birds. 